Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome inside Studio A at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for another installment of The Coordinator's Corner presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, we will recap a season-opening 24-16 win over Arizona and preview the Utah game with BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Defensive Coordinator Eli Satuiaki. Well, the Cougars 1-0 on the season after Saturday night's Little Lifter in Las Vegas. BYU was in royal blue, and Cougar Nation was in full force inside Allegiant Stadium. What a great way to start the 2021 campaign. And we start today's show on the offensive side of the ball by welcoming back OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Good to see you, Aaron. Good to be here. Well, after a year in empty venues and kind of silent stadiums, uh, what better way to get back to almost normal than a full house in Las Vegas? What an incredible stadium. Amazing atmosphere, really. Yeah, it was great. Really appreciate all of our fans showing up and, and uh, making it like a home game for us. It was, it was really great to have that support and fun for our players to play in that environment. You've been in some nice buildings. Where does Allegiant rank? That's right up there. That's maybe the best I've ever been in. It was pretty Pretty, awesome. pretty spectacular, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, great facility. And, hey, I, I might as well ask you about the, uh, the Royal Rush, they called it, with the All-Royals. How'd that look to you? It was good. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It reminds me of the old days. Yeah. All right. Well, Saturday's season opener with Arizona was uh, Jaron Hall's first start at quarterback in almost two years. And, uh, well, first of all, what was your game plan to get him settled in as soon as possible on Saturday with a defense you didn't know a whole lot about going in? Yeah, first of all, we, you know, we were maybe a little more conservative than we would normally be just because we weren't sure what they were going to do on defense. And um, it turned out that they, the defense that they ran was very, very different than what we had prepared for. So early in the game, we were just trying to be smart and make sure we don't make a silly mistake that gives them a chance to you know, get, get out in front of us. And then once after the about second or third possession, we kind of figured out what they were doing and we settled in and had those three touchdowns and three possessions. Now, through the first two series, Jaron attempted six passes, five incompletions. The next eight play calls were all runs. How much of that was a function of the one-for-six start? Uh, it didn't have anything to do with the one-for-six start. It just felt like, you know, after our, after our, I think it was after our third possession, we decided we need to establish the run. We haven't accomplished that yet. Uh, and the first, like I said, to start the game, they, they came out in a different front and were running some different pressures than what we had practiced. And so it took us a minute to figure out how we could get the run game going. And then once we did, that opened things up in the passing game. And I think that's why you saw Jaron go eight for nine in that stretch. And, yeah, so five incompletions in the first five minutes, then five incompletions over the final 55 minutes, basically. Yeah. Uh, clearly he settles in. And by the end of the night, pass efficiency around 150. And that's a line that historically gives you a really good chance to win a game. Yeah, and no turnovers was a big thing. He, he never put the ball in jeopardy the whole game, which, which is big. And um, I thought he showed a lot of poise in a tough situation. I mean, they were, like I said, they were, they were doing a lot of stuff we had not prepared for, and he handled it very well. And I was really proud of him. And that's one of the most important things, right, is first game mistakes, mitigating them as much yeah. as possible. And on a zero turnover night, well, that's mission accomplished. Yeah, and like I said, we, we'll, we want to be more aggressive in the future. But just considering the circumstances and not knowing what we were going to get, and, uh, and, you know, i got to give them credit. that The transfer portal is a game changer. They, and they brought in a ton. They picked up by 18 or 19 transfers, and some of the best players in that game were their transfer guys who really showed up on defense. I thought they played hard. 
they executed their plan. So you you got to give them credit too that you know they did a good job. Well, I'm sure fans thought, well, let's see, Arizona's DC's nickname is Doctor Blitz, so all A Rod has to do is prepare for Blitz, and he's fine. But Blitz is not always just Blitz. There was a lot of stuff going on. Yes, uh, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, they were they were blitzing corners, they were blitzing safeties, they were blitzing the corner from the field, which is very uncommon. Um, they played a three down most of the game, which we had prepared for a four down defense uh, mostly because that's mostly what he had done at Michigan. It was a, it was a it was a challenge for sure. We had our hands full with figuring out what they were doing, but I thought our players did a nice job just keeping their composure. The game was a little bit frustrating at times, but nobody panicked, and we just worked our way through it and found a way to get a win. Let's isolate a few key moments in the game. I thought the first big one came on your first drive of the second quarter, scoreless game. You had a third and 17 at your 42-yard line, middle of the field, third down, and you were probably thinking two plays to yeah. get 17 yards. Yeah, exactly. We, we knew that if we got to within fourth and five or fourth and six, Kalani would let us go for it. And so uh, we called a, a drag screen to Neil and got some good blocks out in front. He did a great job getting us within striking range. And then uh, can't say enough about Chris Jackson and Keanu Hill. They, those two guys stepped up. Uh, in a situation where we needed them to, and that, that slant, that catch by Chris was a big play in the game. You're right. It was a huge play. So once you move the change there, three pay, plays later, you score your first touchdown of the night. And uh, the middle of the three plays, the second one was a special, let's call it, that you ran successfully to the other side of the field in your last game, the Boca Raton Bowl. And both times it was Neil with a throwback to the quarterback. Yeah, it's a, it's, this is just a regular play in our offense. We carry it every single game. And... Um, you know, if we catch teams in man coverage, it's a good play, and and uh, we'll, we'll we'll always have it. And every every team we play is not a secret. Everything we play knows we carry it, and yep. it's just it's part of the deal. But it's still hard to stop. And Neil completes the throw, two gloves, throws with the gloves, no worries. Former high school QB. There you go. Kept an excellent excellent pass efficiency on the night and uh, got you in position. So the first touchdown uh, gets the offense going, and then you end up scoring on each of your next two full drives, not including that one-play possession before halftime. And the second TD was a thing of beauty with Jaron uh, airing it out uh, to Neil. Yeah, that was a veteran play. Um, he, he, the, the play was actually designed to go to Dallin Holker, or at least that's where we thought it was going to go based on the coverage they gave us. And, uh, but the, the free safety was sort of cheated towards Dallin, so Jaron just kept staring at Dallin to keep the safety over there and then threw the ball back to the field to Neil at the last second. It was a veteran play uh great progression yes yes i mean that's the type of play zach was making last year mm. you know and and jaron really showed up here those those big time throw part of neil's big night uh career high tying eight grabs career high 126 yards his first century game and career high two touchdown receptions we didn't talk about gunner going out but with gunner out you know neil had to pick up maybe a little bit of the pace yeah gunner's a good player it was a big loss and neil stepped up obviously Played like I expect him to play. And then I thought Keanu Hill and, and uh, Chris Jackson just can't say enough good things about those guys because they, they practice so hard every day and they showed up in the game. All right, time for a break. When we come back, how the Cougs closed things out in Las Vegas, and we'll get A-Rod's Offensive Player of the Week as we head out to this reminder that BYU football with Kalani Sitake airs Tuesday night at 6.30 Mountain Time on the BYU TV app. We'll have a live studio audience for that tomorrow night. Hit the seat request link. You'll see it on my Twitter feed, and we'll see you tomorrow night. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Third down, seven. Ball in the BYU, 33. Hall steps up and fires deep for Pau. Down the middle, makes the catch, 30, 20, 
67 yards! And the Cougars go up 12 nothing. All right, to back on the coordinator's corner with BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. His debut as BYU's new OC, a winning one, 24-16 over Arizona Saturday night in front of the largest crowd to witness a college sporting event in the state of Nevada. Well, BYU led 14-3 at halftime, went up 21-3 by scoring on the first drive of the third quarter, but it was uh, Arizona which got the ball first to open the third, and after getting into BYU territory, the Wildcats were stopped on another one of uh, the BYU defense's third down sacks, uh, forcing a punt, and coach, timely sacks by the BYU D were helping out the offense all night. Yeah, defense played great. I've been saying it all fall camp. We have a good defense, and uh, they've been a challenge to go against every day in practice, and I wasn't surprised at all at the big plays they made. Your last touchdown drive, that one in the third quarter, got to just one third down, and you snuck Jaron Hall to move the chains on that third and one. Yeah. Very next play, he takes off for 39 yards, uh, so back-to-back plays showcasing size and speed. Yeah, he's a, he, he's a weapon, and, and you know that play wasn't designed for him to run, but um, he saw an opportunity to go, and that's, he can do that. He can make plays with his feet, and uh, teams that, you know, if they rush us, they better rush with some discipline because he'll get out. And that's another thing. Really judicious wasn't looking to take off. Yeah. It was kind of a last resort thing for him, but if that's going to be his last resort, it's a pretty productive one. Yeah, and, we'll, and we want to be smart with, with, you know, how much we run him. Uh, but these scramble opportunities, these are just these are his judgment, you know, and, and he's I thought he made a great play getting a lot of yards and then it was smart there to not take a hit at the end of the play. Um, he just can't say enough about how well he played. Do you have a general philosophy on when sneaks a good call? Um, yeah, you know, it just depends on the opponent. Some teams some teams leave leave an opportunity for it and some teams really stack it up there in the middle. And so we just look for those opportunities when we think it's there. Jaron's a pretty stout guy to run it too, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a he's got strength in his you know lower body, and and he's a tough kid, and we'll use it when we need it. Let's just note this too: uh, this is the first game that he started that he actually finished. Yeah, uh, his previous two starts, which were excellent in 2019, saw him knocked out of the game. I was just glad that he went all the way in this one. Looked good. Yeah, and and I thought it was good for him that you know we like I said we didn't run him a lot, but there were some times in the game where he had to go make a play with his feet and get his pads down and, yep. and, and took, a, took a couple of little hits. And uh, I thought that was good for his confidence to know that he can just be a football player and lead our team. Okay, let's get, let's get to another key moment of the game. Up 21-3. to three. Things kind of feel in hand right here, especially after BYU forces a punt with another third down sack. But a punt and pin puts you at your own one-yard line. Yeah. When you're backed up in those situations, one-yard line, what do you as an OC have on your to-do list first and foremost? Well, you got to get it out of there, and so there's, you know, it's it's uh, there's a lot of back and forth there about, well, do you just run it and try to get it out, or do you take a shot down the field? And and you know, uh, we went back and forth about it, and our plan didn't work. <laughs> uh, it didn't work. We we took a shot on the first play, did not execute very well on that, and then obviously the safety was a low light of the game. Um, we're we're gonna have a better plan next week and and just put it behind us. But um, that was a you know, that was our fault there. We, we kind of, the game kind of turned there for a little bit, and, and you know, we've, got to, we've got to handle that situation better for sure. On the first down play, you thought you liked the, the matchup with Holker on the outside? Yeah, we did, and, and uh, we, like I said, we just didn't execute well, but I, I don't regret that call. I'll take Dallin Holker against a corner any day, and we just we got to do better. we got to, uh, we got to run the play better, and um, we'll, we'll keep working on it. And then Arizona dialed it up. I mean, they were going to dial it up at that point. Yeah, and we had a we had a little miscommunication in our in our blocking scheme there, and and um, you know 
for, like I said, first game, they did some things differently on defense than we were ready for. It wasn't, wasn't exactly what we had planned for in that situation and what Don Brown had shown in the past. And um, so lesson learned. We'll be, be, we'll be better prepared this week. So they scored 10 straight points. Yep. And, and it felt like a whole new ball game all of a sudden. Major momentum shift. And it was pretty, it was pretty drastic, wasn't it? I mean, yep. things were 21-3, kind of cruising, and then boom, it's a one-possession game. No, and it's a great lesson for our team that you've got to keep playing. You can't, you know, no lead is safe. You're playing these Power 5 opponents. Uh, it's going to be a grind every week. And we've got to keep, keep stay in attack mode. And, and we've got to, you know, the, the safety really hurt us because the safety and then we gave them possession of the football again. And so... Even if we just get it out of there and punt it, you know, it's a different ball game. But, um, you know, we'll learn from it, and we're not happy with how we played. But I'm really glad we got a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great, great opportunity to learn, you know, learn a lot of good lessons in a win. In a win. Yep. Uh, during that momentum shift, you're seeing it, you're feeling it. You need one more score at least. And a guy named Justin Smith gets you that score yeah. in the fourth quarter. Clutch 40-yarder. From a guy getting his first kicks in a BYU uniform, I don't think anyone knew that Jake wouldn't be able to kick in the opener. Here comes Justin Smith, and you need those points. Yeah, I didn't even know it was him. I, I found out after the game it was him. I, <laughs> I didn't know that Old Red wasn't playing. I just, I, uh, I'm just calling the game, and all of a sudden somebody told me that it was Justin that kicked it, but great job by him. That was a clutch, clutch, clutch points that we really needed. And it was part of an exchange of field goals in the fourth quarter, so 24-16, uh, the final score. BYU wins without the advantage in average starting field position, but with the edge in turnover margin. Another zero turnover game, as we talked about earlier. In the Kalani era, A-Rod Coog's now a 16-1. You just don't turn the ball over. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what, uh, everything on offense starts with taking care of the football. You know, we want to be aggressive, and we want to throw the ball down the field and be exciting. Uh, but if you just take care of the ball you're always going to have a chance, and, and uh, that was the case. Let's note the fact that Arizona, which loses there, loses a 13th straight game. It's been 700, now 700-plus days since they last won a football game, but this is not last year's Arizona team. We'll be stunned if they don't play well enough to win a number of games this year. That's a good group, I thought. Yeah, they're going to win some games this year. Very well-coached team. You know, as I said earlier, the transfer portal situation has really changed the, the look of their roster, and... Um, that defense alone, I think, is going to keep them in games. And if they get it going a little better on offense, they're going to, they're going to win some games. I, I, was, I have a lot of respect for them. You referenced what you thought you'd see as opposed to what you did see from Arizona's defense. And maybe new staffs and new quarterbacks are kind of an equalizer in openers because there is a lot of the unknown yeah. for both sides. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough game in that regard. I mean, we had to, you know, we realized at some point, okay, we got to just play smart, you know, and this isn't going to be a, 50-point game, you know, output. We, this is a game where we're going to play smart and we're not going to put our, our team in jeopardy by putting the ball on the ground or throwing it to the other team. We're going to, you know, and so we weren't necessarily trying to be conservative, but they were playing such a unique defense, and uh, we just wanted to make sure we took care of business, got out of there with a win, and we'll move forward and get better. Last year's Arizona team finished by losing 70-7 to to Arizona State, and you could see body language all over the field yeah. that day where that team was. This was a different body language team, I thought. Yeah, for sure. They had nothing to lose. Um, new staff, excellent coaching staff. They had, you, you know, the, Don Brown, if you watch his defenses in the past, they play with great effort. They fly around, and that's what they were doing. And, um, and then you know, they, they got a little bit better on offense in the second half and made a good game of it. Uh, I do think, though, it's a sign of a good program that we won, and after the game, everybody kind of felt bad, like we hadn't played great. Mm. And, 
you know, there was a time when I first got here, if we just found a way to win by one point in the fourth quarter against anybody, we were really excited. And so I think that's a sign that we've been winning a lot of games here and scoring a lot of points. And, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to learn some lessons in a win. You know, we, we, we got it done. You guys have been together as a staff for a bit. How did comms go on, on day one, everyone getting the messages yeah, across? Yeah, it was really well, really well. I mean, pretty much everybody doing the same role as they did a year ago. Uh, Coach Funk is really the only new guy doing anything different than what we did a year ago. Okay, let's get to, to your offensive player of the game uh, from Saturday night. Who'd you like? Neil Pau. Yeah, I was really impressed. Uh, you know, not surprised that he played this way. I thought he was uh, one of our more underrated players a year ago. He had a great season. And um, he, he's been playing like this in camp. And uh, you, you can tell, I think you can tell by Neil's body language on the field how competitive he is, how into the game he is. Uh, he practices so hard every day. The guy takes no plays off. And uh, he deserves it. He's, he's been working for this opportunity and couldn't be happier for him. Tough player, Ding, came back in and ends up with this big night. Like I said earlier, his first century mark game as a BYU Cougar and uh, ties or sets career highs in the categories of receptions, yards, and touchdowns with a couple. On his second touchdown, the one they reviewed, what, what view, view were you getting of it? Did you feel like that was going to come back, or did you feel pretty good that he got in? We couldn't tell. We, we had replays in our booth, but the angles weren't real clear for us. So we were thinking since they called it a, you know, a touchdown that they probably didn't have enough to uh, overturn it. But we had a play call ready in case, in case it was fourth and inches. We were ready to go. All right, that's Aaron Roderick, and that's our second segment on the Coordinator's Corner. As we go to break, a reminder that to dinner after the game includes something for everybody at JCW's. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. This Saturday, BYU is home to Utah. Get your pregame on with Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio starting at 6 Mountain Time. Coming up next, we'll look ahead to the Utah game with Coach Roderick. You're in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner is brought to you in part by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And by Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 30 years. Saturday at LaBelle Edwards Stadium, BYU's home opener, the 1-0 Cougars home to the 1-0 Utah Utes. BYU OC and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick with us. Uh, coach, as someone who has played in the rivalry game and coached on both sides of it, how do you put into perspective nine straight Utah wins over the last 12 years? Uh, well, it's something that, uh, you, you know, you can't, you can't deny it or, or hide from it. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, if you, you can't make too big of a deal of either because there's not a player in our team that played in all nine of those games. I mean, I, I don't even know if we have a player that's played in three of them. Uh, I think we have a few guys that have been played in two and one, and a good number of guys we're counting on that haven't played them at all. So I don't think uh, focusing on you know, that large number is really productive. We just got to focus on ourselves, getting better this week, and go win this game. This thing's gone back and forth over, over decades, but about nine wins in a row is about as long as it's going to get for either team, it seems. It's, it's just time to, you know, flip it back around a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't even know really what else to say about it other than we got to get to work today. They're a very good team. Uh, they've, they've got our full attention. Uh, they're great on defense, and... Uh, but I think we have a good enough team to go go win this game. 
This game wasn't played last year. Uh, COVID wiped out among these other games that were on the schedule, uh, the Utah game. So it's been a bit of a break again for BYU and Utah. Yeah, and uh, we're excited to play. It's, you know, the, the year off, you know, was a downer for us because, you know, we had to think about it for that long. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited for this opportunity. All right, Utah comes in off a solid win over FCS foe Weber State last week. Uh, Defense allowed only one touchdown, allowed only four yards per play, uh, three sacks on the night. Uh, Linebacker Devin Lloyd was pretty dominant. He's a great player. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. He's as good of a linebacker as we'll play against this year. And this is probably the best defense we've played since the last time we played them. What's going to characterize year in, year out, a defense under head coach Kyle Whittingham? Well, it starts with their defensive line. They're just always so physical and deep. You know, they rotate guys in and they stop the run. And then they, they have great athletes in the, in the back end so they can play man coverage against anybody. And it's really tough to run the ball against them. They're, they're very sound. Okay, a couple of social media questions to wrap things up for you this week, Aaron. Uh, from 49er Coog, uh, does A-Rod script his plays? And if so, do you stick to them as scripted or deviate as needed? Uh, we usually we script a, a few plays at the beginning of the game, usually trying to get off to a fast start. Uh, didn't work as well as we'd hoped last game. The, I thought the first play of the game went exactly as scripted. We just didn't execute the throw and catch well enough. Um, but, yeah, we, we script a few plays to start the game. Um, I will deviate from the script on third downs, red zone, you know, situational stuff. But um, we always try to get off to a fast start. Okay. And from uh, Tommy on Twitter, uh, what went into your decision to not play the Nakua's against Arizona on Saturday night? Just uh, their help. They're, they're almost ready. Coming along? Yep. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we will probably get a better sense from Kalani when he talks to the press on what the overall health of the team looks like uh, in week one. And we'll hit this with Elisa a little bit as well. But let's do a recap briefly for you the fact that the good news has come in on Keenan Ellis. As good as can be expected, I think. Uh, the reports out of Vegas were positive, and everyone's so grateful for that. Yeah, man, he's a great member of our team. He's one of our best players, and we all wish him the best and can't wait to get him back with us uh, and we're fortunate that it wasn't worse. Indeed. And uh, I, I've been, you know, that night, uh, the, the contrast from the, the energy and the yeah. buzz at the start to we're all kind of somber and silent for around 20 minutes, uh, the realities of the violent sport of football came into clear view uh, pretty early for us. No question. The, the air com- came out of that stadium for sure. And it, it uh, you know, it was, a, it was a tough deal. We all, you know, we all love that kid. And so it was, it was I think, uh, took us a while to overcome it. I, I remember uh, way back in 96 when Etula Mealy got injured against Wyoming in the WAC championship game, and there was a real a similar deflating effect that took us like a quarter to get over it. And I think that happened the other night, too. A lot of our players were pretty deeply affected by that play. It's a real thing. It affects it you. It is. Yeah, yeah. it does. It, it does. It just, you're concerned about your teammate, and then you're trying to, I don't know, it was just a, it was a, it was a the game had a weird flow, I think, and that was part of it. That, that play and the injured, injury to Gunner as well kind of affected the flow of the game. Uh, just real generally, uh, short-term, long-term, you think, with Gunner? Um, I'll let Kalani address that, but I, I think, I think uh, not, it's not season-ending. That's good to hear. All right. Hey, Aaron, good, good to have you in, and we'll do it again soon. Uh, good luck this week. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Aaron Roderick. And that will have you get set for the Cougars and Utes on BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff. It'll be Saturday at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. The game will kick at 10.15 Eastern Time. Actually, we'll start that at 8 Eastern Time on BYU TV ahead of the Cougars and the Utes. Coming up next, we'll head to the defensive side of the ball with 
D coordinator and D-line coach, Elisa Tuiaki. This is the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Second half hour of the show begins as we shift from offense to defense with BYU defensive coordinator and D-line coach Elisa Tuiaki. As we look back at a win over Arizona and ahead to this week's matchup against Utah. Coach E, good to have you back with us here in Studio A. Great to be back. Great to be back. Let's start with you the same way we started with A-Rod, and that's by getting your reaction to everything that you and the team experienced when it comes to the surroundings at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on Saturday night. Overwhelming support the Cougar Nation brought for you after kind of a sort of a subdued season last year. That was fantastic on, on Saturday. That was, that was unreal. It was great for the kids to experience that. Um, you know, Cougar Nation showed up in full force, and it was, it was awesome, unbelievable. Fans in the stands back is one thing, and there were a lot of them. Seeing them all in royal blue was another thing. But uh, this, the building itself and the surroundings, that's, that, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, that's, they did an amazing job with the building and just the venue. I mean, that was, you know, obviously with it being so new, it was just, it was just a really, really cool experience to be in that building and, and uh, seeing things. And uh, I was in the box and just looking down from the box, it was just an, an unreal, unreal view. Yeah, we had the same kind of vantage point, but it was easy to tell that uh, royal blue was the color of the night. I don't know, 75, 80 percent of the fans for BYU. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even on the other side, there's specks red, but it was, uh, I mean, Cougar Nation was basically filled that thing. Kind of felt like a home game. It really was. <laughs> it did. Uh, I hate to kind of take us from there to kind of a somber note, but uh, it was, it was, but it comes with an optimistic conclusion and, that, and that's good, but it's early five minutes into the game and everything comes to a stop in this game when Keenan Ellis goes down. Yeah, that's, that, that's always tough when, when kids get hurt I and mean, they, you see them train so hard and work so hard in the off season and their moment comes up and I mean, that was just unfortunate, but uh, you know, we're all praying that, that he continues to get better. It sounds like he is getting better and, but, uh, you know, I th- thought that the boys played hard for him the rest of the way. And BYU put out the, uh, the update yesterday, which was really good, which was he was feeling no back pain, no neck pain. Tests were negative, was going to come home. And so, you know, that's, again, as positive as we could expect for it to be based on how it started. Yep, yep, and that's right. We'll continue to pray for his recovery, and, and uh, hopefully he'll be back in a, in a uniform here pretty soon for us. Can, can you speak to the human element of, of players going through a long delay in a silent building with medical people around and then having to pick it back up and turn the switch back on to play some more football? I think, I think there's a uh, yeah, little difficulty to it, but, uh, um, you know, the, on, on the same emotional side, I mean, they've, you know, the boys respond or plan for him, keep him in, in mind as they're, as they're going out there and trying to perform and, and uh, certainly gives you a little bit something extra to push for. Isaiah Heron and Caleb Hayes in particular were two guys you used opposite Adilo when, when uh, Keenan went down, right? Yep, yep. And I thought they did a... Isaiah did a phenomenal job, and he showed up in a really, really good way. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously calling on Caleb and some of those other guys to step up, it was, it was huge. A lot of the talk in the preseason was about how, you know, BYU's secondary depth should be a strength of this team, and you had to test it early. It did, and they, you know, they had one of their kids, the fast, one of the fast, he might be one of the faster kids in the Pac-12, just as far as a receiver. And uh, Isaiah Heron was just, you know, tit for tat, running the sideline with him, and it was good to see that from the box, and I know he had a, he had an, uh, you know one of those pass interference calls that that was uh, you know kind of yeah. a suspect call, but it was just really really 
encouraging to see our, our guys. And, and during the game, too, the corners come to the side, and, and it, it was relayed to me that they would like to play man. They feel, mm. feel good about playing some man. And so it's, uh, it, was, it was good. It was positive. So with a new head coach, new OC, new QB, Arizona was going to be a bit of a mystery to you on Saturday night, at least to start the game. Um, how well did you do in terms of predicting what you think you might see as opposed to what you saw? And then how did you end up adapting as maybe Arizona adapted as the game went along? Yeah, I thought, they, I thought you know, when we came back and watched the film and talked about it as a staff, we felt like they threw the whole kitchen sink at us. It was, um, you know, just so many different things. And you'd know that the experience that they have with all those guys that have been in the NFL – um, the preparation that they had, the way that their kids played, I thought they did a really good job just prepping and showing us things that, that uh, you know, were hard to adjust to. And they found some of the weak spots as far as just us and, and uh, you know, not, not being ready, kind of keeping us on our heels and taking advantage of that. But, uh, you know, we, we expected a lot more 12 personnel, a lot more, you know, big formation shots type things. And, and they came and adjusted. We actually mm-hmm. didn't really see much of that. Yeah. And they, they just did a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but they, they threw out a formation where it was two offensive linemen out on the numbers. I mean, it was, it was everything from empty to shifts in motions to condensed stuff. I mean, it was, it was everything that we could handle. And uh, I love the way that our, that our players responded. And obviously there's, there's uh, things to correct and things to get better just uh, with, with the way that we're playing, making sure that we're playing faster. You know, I thought uh, that was really a lot more on me than it was the players. That mm. We just got to make sure we practice it the right way and, and get them coached up. But the, the players responded really, really well. I hit this with A-Rod, but uh, while the program has lost 13 games in a row, Arizona, this was not the team that lost 70-7 to to Arizona State to end last year. This was a new uh, vigor, a new energy. Uh, they'll win some games, and they played you really well, I thought. For sure, for sure. And that was one of the things we talked to our players about was, you know, last year, their first game, they had USC beat. Uh, they dropped an interception that would have sealed their victory, but I felt like it was similar to that, except they had a lot more transfers that came in that made their team better. They were well coached, um, they were hungry to win, and they made us earn it. And it was a physical game. We came out of that thing with a couple of nicks and bruises, banged up, but they made us earn it, and, and I thought that that was a really good victory. Back to the game itself. The first three Arizona drives ended in punts. Uh, the one defensive three and out you had on the night came in those early drives. They worked pretty quickly, too. Uh, they got off 83 snaps uh, on the night. How do you think your guys handled tempo from Arizona? The tempo was, was difficult. It wasn't just tempo. It was, uh, you know, when you're, when you're lining up and you're trying to find specific things on the defense, you're trying to line up to formations, and we're in and out of packages. I mean, you know, um, th- there, was, there was one time where I got caught just in – we were in nickel personnel, and I made a call that was supposed to be in cowboy personnel. And, and Peyton Wilgar, just being him, understanding how everything rolls, he, he made it right. And it ended up being one of the big plays of the night. And just, um, you know, I think it was, it was a test for all of us from, from the box to the communication to the players, getting in and out. There was, they were going so fast. We had 12 men on the field once, and the, and the ref didn't catch it. Mm. It was just, I felt like they were breaking the huddle, getting set. It, well, they weren't set for a second. They were snapping. It was just a lot of things that you could tell that their, their, their coaching staff was experienced. They know what's hard on defense, um, and they gave us everything that we could handle. And, and I, I just love the way that our players responded. I mean, there, was, there were some moments that were just kind of like, you know, run around, chicken, chicken with the head cut off. But it was uh, – I mean, overall, the overall night and just the way they played, the way they responded, I mean, it was, it, was, it was great. It sounds like the way you're describing it, that in many ways it was a typical first game. You're going to have to learn some things on the fly, especially with a new staff against typical you. Typical first game with an offense that you've got no idea what they're yeah. bringing in. With them being in you know, a lot of NFL experience, you're seeing, seeing some of those things. I mean, 
protections and you know just nuances that you normally don't see yeah. if, uh, if you're just a fan but you start to see things and you're like well these these guys really know what they're doing and i think they're gonna they're gonna be a be a good team if they can keep those guys playing hard because i thought they played hard against us it's a good test for you in week one yeah they, they said you'd see two qbs and you did uh, but you only got one series, I think, of Will Plummer. Gunnar Cruz went almost all the way and played pretty well. Uh, as the game went along, it felt like Cruz was still at Washington State the way he was flinging it around. He was, yeah. It, uh, he, he did a really good job. Um, you know, they, we, we, tallied up, we tallied up 125 yards of just broken coverage, mis- miscommunication stuff on our end, including the touchdown. And I think if we can get those things tightened up, you know, we talk talk through the years just about being sound on defense, and that's one of the things is getting getting on the same page and making sure that we're just you know keeping the shape of the defense. And and uh, they took advantage of some of those. That's one of the plays there were mm. the, the touchdown. It was uh, yeah. you know there, there's they they did a good job. I thought they did a good job trying to keep us on our heels and taking advantage of some things. But if we tighten those things up. We like I said, we accounted for 125 yards and the touchdown of just broken coverage or miscommunication get those things right, and we're a pretty good spot. You got to halftime leading the game 14-3. to uh, Five Arizona possessions in the first half, three punts, missed field goal, and a field goal. What do you recall uh, being your halftime talking points when you got down? Well, you know, really just settling in, set, settling down. I mean, we came in and talked about we weren't going to change anything with the game plan. We we're going to settle the guys in, um, make sure that they were aligned uh, correctly, and, and uh, you know, we came out in the second half, planned on doing a couple things different as far as just shift, uh, the shifting our D line, but wasn't, wasn't really much that we changed. And then in the, you know, after after the the, the safety and the, the short field and the touchdown, we felt like uh, we needed to change a couple things. So we we threw some wrinkles at our defense that, uh, for the most part, was was a real positive. Got a, got out of a couple of drives with some defense that we hadn't practiced for a couple of weeks. That felt like we just needed a. Uh, we felt like Arizona was starting to kind of pin us down on something, mm-hmm. and we wanted to give them a change up, and, and I thought the kids responded well to it. You talk about the safety short field touchdown swing. We'll hit that in our next segment. As we take a break, we'll tell you that we'll finish off our Arizona recap coming up next and identify this week's defensive and special teams players of the week. This is the Coordinator's Corner. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more and Coach Tuiaki right after this. When the Cougs have needed to respond on third downs, they have. We are back on the coordinator's corner with defensive coordinator and D-line coach Elisa Tuiaki. BYU opening its 2021 season with a 24-16 win over Arizona Saturday night in Las Vegas. We start the segment uh, with that sack from Tyler Batty, one of four sacks that BYU's defense racked up on the night. And, and they weren't just sacks. E Three of them came on third downs. And they averaged for the night your four sacks 48 yards, 12 yards per sack. That's a big number. Yeah, and they, they came at uh, opportune moments where we really needed them. Um, kicking them out of field goal range a couple times, kicking them out of a fourth down, fourth down and go uh, situation a couple times. And so it was, it, was, uh, it, it, was, it was good. And I think if you break down the four sacks, uh, we saw six guys coming on three of them and four-man pressure on the last one, I think. Yep, yep that's right. I thought the four-man pressure did a really good job. And, you know, like I said about the corners asking for more men, the, the D-line was asking for more of a specific front, which we call snug, and felt like they could take advantage of that. And that's, that's the four-man pressure that you get right here. Ironically, uh, one of the best defensive plays made 
set up a sequence that kind of helped change the tone of the game. Peyton Wilgar has an 11-yard sack on a third and three uh, when Arizona's down to, your tw- down to the BYU 26. So the sack takes Arizona out of four-down territory, takes Arizona out of field goal territory. Those are both good things. Right. So they're going to punt. Um, but punt and pin, and they did their job, got BYU down to the one, and then a safety came a couple plays later. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you redo that thing over and over and over, we'd still love the... I think we we made the right right decision there. To I mean, you get the sack, you get the punt, and it's not very often you get you get a pin on one yard. Yeah. When you're punting that close, you know that's they had the delay of game that they were trying to take so they can back up, give their punter some room, and we declined it. And mm-hmm. you know it's just the the series of events happened where it ended up going out on the one, and we get a, a safety. But I think if you could redo that, you'd still do it over again. Exactly the exactly the decision that we made because it was. Just, uh, you know, it, very, very unlikely that something like that happens. And then there was a, uh, a kickoff return off the safety kickoff, short field. Arizona got the ball back, and Kalani told us in postgame that he wants that defensive series back. <laughs> Arizona went 46 yards in three plays, the TD, the two-point conversion, and suddenly you've got yourself a one-possession game. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're talking about the the advantage of, uh, of some of the aggression that was showed in those third downs, and and getting them. I mean, this is one of those calls that I'd like back. You know, as a coordinator, is is uh, you know we ended up sending some, pre- some pressure. It didn't hit. Ended up costing us big. And and uh, you know sometimes it work out. Works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But felt like uh, we probably would have been a little bit better off just kind of um, sitting back, keeping everything in front of us, getting the boys settled down. I mean, it's such a big uh, momentum swing that emotionally. Uh, even as even as coaches, you want you want to be able to try to spark something and to get the boys kind of responding, going back. But um, the pressure at that time just wasn't the right wasn't the right call, and and uh, felt like that was more on me than it was anybody else. So ten straight points, momentum did shift. It became a one possession game, but then you have to have a response. And I thought the guys came back uh, and and of course got the job done the way they needed to. Yep, yep, they did. And, and uh, there were a couple of those drives where they they ended up driving and getting into the red zone and. And, uh, you know, we, res- we responded in a good way and um, knocked them out of field goal range, all those things. I mean, the things that happened when they did start, start drives, getting moving, moving the ball a little bit, uh, but uh, being able to get out of them as well. So the touchdown we saw, it was Arizona's only touchdown uh, of the night, came from 20 yards away, so outside the red zone. But inside the defensive red zone is where BYU may have won this game. E. Uh, Wildcats were two for four in the red zone. And two missed field goals, two made field goals, no touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought the, the you know the coaching staff they came, you know came up with a really good plan. I thought the kids executed it, uh, did a really good job, and and uh, in the red zone, the red zone that night was really really good to us. And we've got to continue to play well in the red zone in order to win games. And conversely, BYU's offensive red zone, two for two, both touchdowns. Uh, how would you say? A-Rod and the offense did in, in uh, complimentary football for you guys on, yeah, on yeah, Saturday Yeah, awesome, night. awesome job. And, you know, obviously we go back and forth and we talk all the time. And I know A-Rod wants, wants a call back, wants a series back. I want the same thing. But at the end of it, we got the job done. And, uh, you know, really excited about just the boys being able to get back and get that one off of us and, and be ready to roll, move forward. So BYU hangs on for the 24-16 win. Arizona did snap 83 plays, uh, but BYU had the edge in yards per play. Uh, the 16 points, it's a manageable number. And in season openers during the Sitake era, Coach, uh, BYU's been very stingy. Fewer than 16 points per game allowed in the openers. If you say take just the FBS games, just under 18 points per game. Those are great numbers in openers. It's points per game. That's, that's all that matters, right? We've talked about that just for years now. It's, that's all I really care about is, is points per game. 
Um, there's so many other stats that are important. They're important to win, and but uh, it's not the end all. It's not the end all say all, and we've got to make sure that we keep that in perspective. That it's about keeping keeping points off the board and and uh, finding ways to get the ball back for our offense so we can, we can score points. Keeping teams in the teens will get the job done. Let's get to your uh, defensive players, plural, defensive players of the game from Saturday night. Who'd you like? Love the way that uh, uh, Keenan played. Keenan Peely did a really good job, led, led in tackles. And uh, Peyton Wilgar is, uh, was, uh, I mean, you know, he ended up just being a really, really, like I said before, he, he, he made us right on one of the plays that I got wrong. And, and uh, just having two guys that are, that are guiding the defense, that are calling things, that are moving around, and and uh, you know leading the defense that way is, is, has been huge. Those those two players are phenomenal for us. And I think on that graphic, our our, our viewers just saw you could see C's the number the letter C on both their uniforms. They're captains for a lot of good reasons. They're both captains, and the boys all respond to them, and they've got influence in, in the locker room, on the field, and they do they do a really good job. I think it was our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens who told me after the game, he was around Keenan after the game, he thinks Keenan just looks just stout and thick and ready to roll. He looks good. He's, I mean, both of those guys are great-looking backers. I mean, they're talk about uh, the backers that have come out of here that are playing in the league, you know, with Suntaktaki and Fred and, um, you know, the, the other ones that I'm missing. I mean, there's... There's a lot of backers that are coming through here. They're going to have a chance to play at the next level. We'll have Coach Lamb on the program next week, but he sent in his special teams player of the week. Let's take a look at who Coach Lamb liked on special teams against Arizona. And he identifies these two players, Drew Jensen and Chris Jackson, for their roles as the top rock and top block on special teams. That's, that's awesome to see uh, these guys step up and have a role. I mean, Drew's done a phenomenal job. He also came in on defense and did a really good job, but... Chris has been awesome uh, for us on uh, being top rock, too. Chris is showing up everywhere on special teams, and they're doing a really good job. On offense, Chris made a huge for, uh, play on fourth down to move right. the chains for you as well. Uh, speaking of special teams, uh, Justin Smith kicked and not Jake Oldroyd on Saturday night. And when you needed three points in an eight-point game, Justin Smith comes in and in his first college field goal try knocks down a 40-yarder. Yeah, that, I think that was huge for him and his confidence. And I don't think that uh, he knew, you know, all the way leading up to the game that it was, where he was going to be called on and, and did a really good job when his number was called. A-Rod said that he didn't know till after the game that it wasn't Jake kicking. He yeah. said, I don't even know who kicked it. I, I just, he said, I didn't find out it was Justin Smith till later. So <laughs> good for him. It's funny that Jake, in his first ever college game, it came against Arizona and he had the game winner and Justin's points were pretty big too. All right, good stuff. Uh, time again for a break. As we step away, we remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune in weekdays for BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show, a look ahead to the Utah game and questions from social media. You're in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's The Burger Voice. The placement, the kick on its way, low driver, and it is through for three. What is it about first-time kickers against Arizona? In the first game of the season. Yeah, they do okay. Justin Smith with a big-time kick. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU and Utah. With the Cougars looking to snap a nine-game losing streak to their rivals, BYU last won in 2009 in Provo. BYU defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki is coached on both sides of this game. Coach E, what can you say about uh, what this game still means to both teams, and maybe what's the right tone to strike with your guys this week? It's always an intense rivalry. You know, the, the, the players all know each other just, just from uh, – 
you know, social media and hanging out and all that stuff. And there's a lot of um, familiarity on both sides of the ball with, with the coaching staff. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge game for us. And I know uh, it's a huge game for them. And, and uh, you know, we've got to make sure that we show up. And I think, the, the you know, the fans obviously deserve to see Cougar Nation win. I've been on both sides of that thing where I know it's a big deal to the fans too. A-Rod made the great point, you know, it, it, yeah, it's nine straight wins, but the guys on this, on this team aren't a part of all of them. Some are a part of very few of them. But how much does that aspect of it uh, become a focal point of, you know, it's time or it's too long or that, that kind of thing? It's not really anything that we talk about as far as just, uh, you know, any kind of streak or time. I mean, this is a new team, uh, new personality. You know, obviously we're trying to win every single game and, we, uh, you know, try, trying to not, not not to keep emotion out of the game, but trying to keep that part that's just not really going to do anything for us and make sure that we're executing and we're competing. And I know the, the, these boys want to win uh, just as badly as anybody in the world. And, and uh, you know, no reminder of streaks or rivalry or anything is going to mean as much to them than anything else. They're, they just want to win. You're seeing Charlie Brewer for the first time uh, this Saturday. He had a pretty solid opener against Weber State. Uh, even though he's been around, he'll be getting his first taste of the rivalry. Uh, Utah's quarterback, Utah's offense. Some general thoughts. You know they're they're uh, they're good. They're good. You know, obviously we've, we we played them uh, two years ago. They're uh, same coordinator. I think that they would, they do a really good job with just their execution. Their defense is always good, but now they've got an offense. Uh, two years ago, too, that they're playing complimentary football and, and they're winning a lot of games because of it. And so we've got to we've got to try to keep this guy on the move. Uh, he does a really good job throwing on the move, too. But we've got to keep him on the move, trying to keep him second guessing. You know, one of the picks that we got in the Arizona game was just confusion and coverage and, you know, quarterback thinking it was pressure. And, and uh, we've got to do a lot of the same thing with these guys to keep them on their heels. Do you think that uh, having gone through what you went through against a, a Pac-12 program, P5 game in the opener, is, is a good prep for what you're going to see in, a, in, in your week two? It is. It's a great prep for the boys because the, the intensity of the game, um, you know, the intensity of the emotions of just uh, who you're playing, I mean, it's, it's there. Obviously, there's, um, you know, some of the drawback that you get from playing an opponent like that and then, and then having a fast turnaround is the physicality of the Arizona game. and. We've got to make sure that we bring our players back and they're healthy and we're fresh and, and running fast in this game. Let's get to a social media question before we let you go here today. It comes in from Kyle Chaffin. And Kyle says, uh, in the Arizona game, lots of dump-down passes were allowed. What can be done to eliminate so many of them and keep the opposing offenses off the field? Arizona did snap 83 plays on, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great question. You, know, you start to see uh, quarterbacks uh, look downfield, first read, second read, and come back to the dump-off. That's what you want on defense. You know, obviously we can do a better job with just responding. Some of the, some of the, uh, the, the routes that they're looking for primarily, we're getting a little bit more depth than we probably should. And, that, and that's, that's just, uh, you probably want to overcoach that and then respond back uh, to the dump offs. But if you're, if you're an offense and you're going check downs a big majority of the time, you're not getting chunk plays. And that's what we want as a defense is we want to make sure that um, if the quarterback is looking, he's not getting those primary ones, and it is going to dump off, and we can respond and keep the ball in front of us. But we definitely certainly do a better job with just responding a little bit faster and making tackles to those ones that, that are made. But uh, in answer to the question, we want the ball to go to the dump offs. Those are the ones that are easy to see, easy to drive, keep it in front of you, not, not big gains. Okay, final 30 seconds. It'll be a while. It's been a while. It'll be a full house, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, uh, back where you belong. It should be fun Saturday night. should be fun. Coach E, thanks for coming in. We will talk to you again soon. Good luck against the Utes.
Appreciate it. All right, that is Eliza Tuiaki. And that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Coordinator's Corner. We are back with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. For coaches Aaron Roderick on offense and Eliza Tuiaki on defense. My name is Greg Rubel. This has been the Coordinator's Corner here from Studio A in Provo. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Go Cougs!